Okay, in the last lesson that we had, uh, the Sheikh, Sheikh Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, he looked at some of the, or he started looking at the benefits contained in the last uh, two verses in Surah Al Fatiha. And in these last two verses, uh, we mentioned that basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has divided the people into three types. The first of those are those upon whom is Allah's favor, the second those upon whom is Allah's anger, and the third those who are astray. And then there was an explanation with respect to each one. That first of all, those upon whom is Allah's favor are the ones who combine between knowledge and action. So they acquire the knowledge and they act upon that knowledge. And these are the you know those upon whom is Allah's Allah's favor from the the, the, the prophets and the messengers and the witnesses and the, the martyrs, the right you know the righteous and so on and so forth. As for those upon whom is Allah's anger, is that they acquire the knowledge, but they don't act upon that knowledge. And initially, this ayah refers to the Jews. However, its meaning is not restricted. It it uh, applies to anyone who is described with that characteristic, meaning anyone who, who has knowledge but doesn't act upon it, even if he's from amongst the, the Muslimin. And as for those who are astray, then they are those who act without knowledge. Who act and who perform worship but upon other than knowledge and they don't seek the knowledge. And initially, this ayah is in reference to the Christians, or this, this part here is in reference to the Christians. However, it also applies to anyone who is described with, with, with the same characteristic, which is you know, the one who acts without, you know, without knowledge and worships Allah upon uh, ignorance. So that was the first benefit that the Shaykh mentioned regarding these last two verses. So today he continues and he says that also from the benefits, also from the benefits contained in these in these in this last last passage, is freeing oneself from having any power or strength. Freeing oneself from having any power or strength. Why? Because a person is munamun alihi munamun meaning. He is the one upon whom a favor has been bestowed. So meaning, what this means is that we ourselves have got no power or ability. Why? Because it's Allah, Allah, Allah is the one who has bestowed the favor upon us. Not that we acquired this favor on our own behalf. This favor was actually given to us, as, the, as, the, as Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan will explain here. What does this mean? Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan comments upon this uh, benefit and he says... This is because if you look in this surah, you look at a number of verses, uh, you look at a number of, number of parts in, in, in this surah. In the surah we say, That you alone do we worship and you alone from, from, from you alone do we seek assistance. And we say also, The path of those upon whom you have bestowed a favor. And we say, Meaning guiders. So all of these things here, these three things mentioned here, all of them are from the bounty of Allah. 
All of this is from the bounty of Allah. This is something that Allah bestows. The fact that we, as the Sheikh says, that, 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 that this, is a, this is a bounty of Allah. It's not something that we've brought about because of any power or strength that we have. Rather, the fact that we've been granted success in acquiring the beneficial knowledge and the fact that we've been granted success in the righteous, in, you know, in acting upon knowledge, all of this is from Allah. This has come from Allah. The granting of the knowledge itself and acting upon the knowledge. This is something that Allah has granted us. This is success which Allah has granted us. And if Allah had willed, if Allah had so willed, He could have made each one of us to be from amongst those upon whom is His anger. Or He could have made us from amongst those with whom, or amongst those who are astray. Because Allah, it's Allah, Allah is the one who bestowed us this favor and He took us out from being amongst these two groups, those upon whom is Allah's anger and those who are astray. Allah is the one who took us out from these two groups and favored us and made us from the, you know, the mun amun, um, made us from those upon whom is Allah is Allah's favor. And by doing this, Allah made us to be with the anbiya, the prophets, and the righteous, and the and the, and the martyrs, and so on and so forth. And this is a reference to the verse that was mentioned before. Uh, the verse in Surah An-Nisa in which Allah says that whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger, then they will be with those upon whom is Allah's whom Allah favored, from the prophets, the Siddiqeen, the truthful, the Shuhada, the martyrs, and the, the righteous. And how excellent a companionship they are. Surah An-Nisa verse 69. Surah 4 verse 69. So meaning that Allah is the one who's taken us out from these two groups and made us from those upon whom is His favor. And made us to be amongst or with those who are who are the prophets, the righteous, the martyrs, and the truthful. And all of this, this has come from Allah. This has you know this this has come from Allah the Mighty and Majestic, and it's not something that we ourselves have you know have acquired on our own behalf as a result of our own power or ability. All of this is from Allah, from the bounty of Allah, the sublime and, and exalted. So this, what does this mean? This means that we have to attach our heart with Allah, attach our heart to Allah, and we free ourselves from, you know, from from claiming or from having any, you know, uh, ability or power, from having any strength, except by way of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And then he brings some poetry from Ibn Al Qayyim, uh, in which Ibn Al Qayyim says that if your Lord had willed. That if your Lord had so willed, then you too would have been like them. However, the heart is in between the fingers of Ar Rahman. The heart is in between the fingers of Ar Rahman. If your Lord had so willed, then you would have been like them. But the fingers the heart are between the heart is between the fingers of Ar Rahman. Meaning that Allah 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 is the one who turns the hearts. And he chooses guidance for whomever he wills, and he chooses misguidance for whomever he wills. So this is another benefit. The fact that we ourselves have got no control or ability or power, and it's not because of any ability on our behalf that we, that we are guided, that we have knowledge, and that we can act upon the knowledge. Rather, all of this is from Allah. This is granted by Allah. So this shows that we, this this. Hawl and this quwa, this strength and power and ability, all of it belongs to Allah. 
The next benefit the Shaykh mentions here is that likewise within these two verses is is uh, is is a, a, an acquaintance of Allah or a knowledge of Allah in in fact he's referring here to the to to, to the surah as a whole. Now this is in reference to the surah as a whole. That within this surah as a whole there is the you know the the complete knowledge of Allah or acquaintance with Allah, the ma'rifah. This surah in itself it contains a complete knowledge and acquaintance of Allah, and it contains a negation of all you know imperfections and deficiencies from Him, the Blessed and Exalted. So commenting upon this statement of Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, the Shaykh says. Sheikh Salil Fozan says that this surah, when you reflect upon it and you ponder over it, you will come to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a complete way. Right? Why? Because this surah gives the complete knowledge. You will come to know by way of his names and his attributes and his favors upon you. And all of this will increase you in iman and yaqeen. It will increase you in iman and yaqeen. And uh, Ibn al Qayyim actually. As a, as a point here, Ibn al-Qayyim in, in, in his book, uh, Madarij al-Salikin, he explains that the names mentioned in the surah, if you look at the names mentioned in the surah, um, uh, you know, Allah, and then Rabb, and uh, Rahman, and Rahim together, and Malik, he says that if you look, if you look at these, these names which are mentioned in the surah, you find that all of the other names of Allah actually are derived or they come from these names. The names which are mentioned in the surah, all of the names branch off and come off from, from, you know, from, from these names. And so this is why here, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Haba said that this surah, that when you reflect upon it, when you ponder over it, you know, that, you, that, that you will come to that this, this surah contains complete knowledge of Allah and complete negation of you know, deficiencies from Him. Then after this, uh, the Shaykh said, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahhab, وَفِيهَا مَعْرِفَةُ الْإِنسَانُ رَبَّهُ وَمَعْرِفَةُ نَفْسِهِ That also within, within this surah is a, pers- is, 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 is a person knowing his Lord and knowing himself. This is another benefit that this surah contains. That by way of this surah, he knows his Lord and he knows himself. How is this? And the Shaykh explains. Shaykh Salih al-Fuzan explains. He says that as for knowing yourself, this means that you know that you are weak. You're just a weak person. You're a weak you know, creature. And that you are in need, you are, you are dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why you read this surah and you recite this surah, you repeat it in every single unit of the prayer because you are in need of it. You are in need of it. Because within this surah is this mighty dua. You know, this surah contains this mighty dua, dua uh, which when you, which when Allah, if Allah was to accept it from you, if Allah was to grant this, you know, answer this supplication and grant you what you asked for, then you would become fortunate, you'd be happy. And you would be very pleased in this life and the hereafter. And if you 
turned away and were heedless of this dua and you didn't use it, then you know it will not benefit you in anything. And this shows, and this is uh, this point is something which is you know emphasized. This is something which is strengthened and emphasized. You know when 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 the servant he reflects upon the Quran, he ponders upon the Quran, and especially this particular surah here, this particular surah uh, here. So then he brings a statement of uh, Ibn al-Qayyim or some poetry from Ibn al-Qayyim uh, that you know if you if you wish for guidance if you desire guidance then ponder over the Quran ponder over the Quran if you wish guidance if you wish for guidance because the 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 the, the knowledge because the knowledge is under reflection upon the Quran or pondering over the Quran Meaning knowledge comes from pondering over the Qur'an. So the point being here then, this surah, not only does it contain knowledge of Allah, as we've already mentioned in the previous point, and a person coming to have complete and perfect knowledge of his Lord, but it also contains a person knowing himself. You know, knowing himself, meaning knowing that he is just a weak individual, person who's, who's da'if, who's weak, and that he is totally dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah is the one you know, who grants these things in this surah, like the knowledge, the beneficial guidance, act upon, acting upon this knowledge, the one who guides to the straight path, the one from whom all, all aid is sought, and so on and so forth. A person comes to know all this. So in turn, he knows, that, you know, he knows himself as just a weak creature who is totally dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, he, he actually expands upon this point a bit further. And he says, فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا كَانَ رَبٌّ فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ Meaning, meaning in explanation of the previous point, that if there is a Rabb, if there is a Rabb, as this surah establishes, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, so there is a Rabb, then there must necessarily be a Marboob. That means that if there is a Lord, then there must also be the one who is nurtured by the Lord. The one who is nurtured by the Lord. So the fact that, we, that, 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 that in the surah there occurs Rabbul Alameen, this shows that there, that, there is, that, that there is a Lord and a Creator. And likewise that there must be someone who is nurtured by the Lord and who is created by the Creator. A creation of the Lord of all the worlds. And similarly, the Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab says, وَإِذَا كَانَ هُنَا رَاحِمْ فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ مَرْحُومٍ And likewise, when there is one who shows mercy, then there must necessarily be one who is shown mercy, to whom mercy is shown. That if, if, if one exists who is rahim, meaning Allah, if the one exists who has mercy, who displays mercy and shows it, then there must exist the one who is shown mercy. And then he says, and when there is one, وَإِذَا كَانَ هُنَا مَالِكْ فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ مَمْلُوكِ And then when, then when there is one who is a Malik, who is the owner, then there must be one who is owned, meaning there must be one who is a servant or a slave. وَإِذَا كَانَ هُنَا عَبْدٌ فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ مَعْبُودٍ And when there is a servant, uh, you know, sorry, when there is uh, uh, like an Abd, a worshipper, a slave, then there must be one who is Ma'bud, one who is actually worshipped. And then he continues, 
And when there is one who is had, meaning one who guides, then there must be one who is Mahdi, one who is guided by Allah. And when there is one who is Mun'im, you know, when there is a Mun'im, meaning when there exists one who bestows favors, then there must be one who is Mun'amun alayhi. Then there must be one upon whom favors are bestowed. And then he continues, when there is one, وَإِذَا كَانَ هُنَا مَغْضُوبٌ عَلَيْهِ فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ غَادِبٍ And when there is one of, you know, whom anger is shown upon, then there must be one who becomes angry. Meaning, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when there is one who is dalun, who is astray, فَلَا بُدَّ مِنْ مُدِلٍ Then there must be one who leads people astray. So, look at all these things that this, that this surah you know, actually, uh, uh, you know, the things that it, that it points out. And the Sheikh, the Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan, he comments upon each of these points and he says, we'll just go through them, he says, uh, Malik Yawmiddin, so when there is a Malik, then there must be a Mamluk. Mamluk meaning one who is a servant or a slave. And these are none other than the servants of Allah and all and everything within the creation. And likewise, when there is a, a, an Abd, when there is a servant, a slave, then there must be one who is ma'bud, one who is worshipped, and this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we say, sirat, we are asking Allah to guide us, then Allah must be the guide. Allah is the guide, Allah is the had. And if there is a had, which is Allah, then there must be a mahdi. Mahdi meaning someone who is guided, which is, you know, those whom Allah chooses to guide from his servants. And when we say, an'amta alayhim, in this part, we are, we are, you know, we are, we are confirming the fact that Allah is the one who bestows favors. So when we know that there is a mun'im, mun'im meaning one who bestows favors, then we know that there must be mun'amun alayhi, meaning all of the servants of Allah. All of the servants of Allah are those upon whom Allah has bestowed uh, favor. All of the servants of Allah, the slaves of Allah. And when we say, غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ alayhim. Then we affirm that there are those upon whom is Allah's anger. And they are, they are the Yahud initially. And whoever followed in their way from those who acquired knowledge, but they didn't act upon it. Then when we know that this is the case, then we know that there must be someone, there must be one, that there must be one who becomes angry. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Al-Ghadab here, Al-Ghadab is one of his attributes. So therefore we affirm that he becomes angry. And he also, you know, he... he then there are another two words, وَيَسْخُطْ وَيَمْقُطْ And you know, he, 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 these are like two more uh, types of anger and hatred uh, that he also becomes angry and, and, and he hates and he dislikes. Then when we know that Allah has these qualities and he's described with these, with, with, with these attributes, then this, then this shows that we know that those upon whom is Allah's anger and those upon whom Allah, whom, whom Allah is, is, you know, hates and dislikes and becomes angry with, then they are the disobedient ones from his creation. They are the ones who oppose his commands, and they are the ones you know, who are disobedient from his creation. So then after this, the Shaykh finishes this, this uh, explanation, or he finishes this uh, treatise by saying that within this surah, فَهَذِهِ السُورَةِ تَدَمَّنَتْ الْأُلُوحِيَّةِ وَالرُّبُوبِيَّةِ That this surah contains or comprises uh, Uluhiyya, meaning Allah's sole right to be worshipped alone. And Ar-Rububiyya, Allah's, that Allah is unique in His actions, the actions such as creating and providing and so on and so forth. 
and it contains a negation of all of the deficiencies from Allah the Mighty and Majestic. And it contains the knowledge of worship and its pillars. The knowledge of worship and its pillars. And Allah knows best. And Allah knows best. So, so commenting upon this then the Shaykh says that just as we've mentioned previously that this surah contains numerous the, 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 the types of Tawheed which are three in number which are Tawheed al-Rububiyya because we say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen mention of Rabb and Uluhiyya because there is mention of Allah and Iyaka Na'bud you know you alone do we worship and it contains a mention of Al-Asma wa Sifat so in the surah we have a mention of Allah we have a mention of Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim and Malik so this is a mention of Allah's Tawheed, which is names and attributes. And it also contains a negation of deficiencies and shortcomings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all of this is Tawheed, as we mentioned previously. And similarly, it contains the, the, the foundations of the pillars of worship, because the first three verses in the surah, they indicated muhabba, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, all praises due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. So Allah is, Allah is praised. Why? Because of His favors. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most merciful, the most, you know, the, 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 the one full, full, full of mercy, and the one who shows mercy to His servants. And this is an indication of hope, that we hope, that we expect, put, put hope, hoping for Allah's mercy. And Al-Khawf, why? Because Allah said, Maliki Yawmiddin. So we fear the day of judgment. So each of these three verses, each indicate the pillars of ibadah, which are love, fear, and hope. And after this, the Shaykh finishes, he says, Wallahu a'lam, Allah knows best. And this is where, uh, this is where we finish with the, with the explanation of this, with the, some benefits from Surah Al-Fatiha. After this, there are some questions that the Shaykh is asked. So we'll go through these questions. And the first question is, uh, May Allah be benevolent to you, uh, Esteemed Sheikh, uh, this questioner he says that we hear and we we read and we hear about the murji'atul fuqaha, the murji'atul fuqaha. So we hope for you to explain that. So meaning the questioner is saying that we hear about this group, we hear about this sect or this group who are known or who are referred to as the murji'atul fuqaha, meaning the jurists who are who are murji'a who have irja. So the Sheikh says, the answer is that the murji'atul fuqaha, or another way we can, another way they are known, is the murji'a of amongst ahlu sunnah. They are the Hanafiya. They are the Hanafiya, because they, because their view is that iman is speech with the tongue, and belief with the heart. But as for action, they say it doesn't enter into the reality of iman. Actions don't enter into the reality of Iman. However, they are a condition of Iman. They, they, you know, they, 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 they are a shart. They are a, a condition, or they are they are they, they are a perfection of Iman. So this is what they say. They say that Iman is speech of the, the tongue and belief in the heart, but actions don't enter into the reality of Iman. But rather, they just complete a person's Iman. And so therefore, the Sheikh says, this is why they've been called Murji'a, because they have 
delayed or they have removed action from the meaning of iman or from the concept of iman they have they have negated or they have, they have taken out action from the concept of iman and this is why they've been labeled the murji'atul fuqaha or the murji'ah of ahlu sunnah and there's no doubt that this is an error uh, but what is important here is that they are the the lightest or if you like the least deviant form of the murji'ah they are the lightest in their deviation they are the lightest from amongst the various types of mur- the sects of the of the murji'ah and then the shaykh goes on to explain that the murji'ah are, are of four types there are four types first the first type are the most evil and the most repugnant of them all and they are the jahmiyyah the jahmiyyah and they say their viewpoint is that iman is just having knowledge in your heart it's just the mere knowledge in your heart even if you don't believe that even if you don't believe that and this is the most evil type of irja what, what does this mean just to explain this means for example this would mean for example that an atheist or you know uh, who in his heart he knows that there is a Lord because sometimes these, these atheists are convinced that there is a Lord they know that there is a Lord but it's arrogance it's arrogance that doesn't allow, you know, allow them to accept you know, sometimes there are people like this and so out of arrogance they deny that, that, you know, that there is a Lord you know like, like Fir'aun for example this belief of the Jahmiyyah here would mean that people like Fir'aun are believers and the kuffar are believers that anyone who just knows in his law in his heart that there is a lord or you know that that, that he knows in, in in his heart this would make them a, a believer this 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 would therefore make everybody a believer and this here is the most evil form of irja so here they don't even make it a requirement that a person profess upon his tongue they don't even make it a requirement that a person believes that which he knows in his heart. Sometimes a person can know something in his heart, but he can refuse to accept it. Like for example, the Jews, they knew that the Prophet ﷺ was a messenger. They knew he was the messenger from Allah. And they knew it in the heart, but they refused to accept it. So that knowledge is in the hearts, but they don't make tasdeeq. They don't believe it and they don't accept it. So here, what, what, what the Jahmiyyah are saying, that a person might know Allah in his heart, but they might refuse to accept and, and acknowledge that there is that, that there is a Lord. So this is an evil statement. The second, the second group from the groups of the Murjia are those who say that Iman is just belief in the heart without statement upon the tongue. So now they go a step further and they say that a person must believe in the heart, but they don't require that a person testify with his tongue or to utter something with his tongue and this is the statement of the Asha'ira the Ash'aris this is their statement and then the third group are those who say that Iman is just statement with the tongue even if a person doesn't believe in his heart and this is the statement of the Karramiyyah. This is the group called the Karramiyyah. 
that they say iman is your statement upon the tongue even if he doesn't believe in his heart so here this now would this would include the hypocrites because the hypocrites just say on the tongue we believe we believe in Allah we believe in the messenger but in the hearts they don't believe so this would then make them believers and this is also you know incorrect so this is a statement of the qarramiyah and the fourth group the ones that we describe the ones that the shaykh described he says that they are the ones who say that iman is belief in the heart and statement upon the tongue and this is a statement of the Hanafiya or the, the Murji'atul Fuqaha, as the Shaykh explained earlier. The next question the Shaykh has asked is that is showing loyalty to the Kuffar, is it considered to be Kufr? Is loyalty to the kuffar, muwalah, is it to be considered to be kuffar? The shaykh says that to show this loyalty and allegiance to the kuffar, it is unlawful, it's prohibited, and it is batil. But when he loves that which they are upon of kuffar, then he becomes a disbeliever. Meaning, as, 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 as has been explained in some of the previous lessons that, the lessons that we had in the sharh of, of Nawakid al-Islam, that basically... When a person actually loves the kuffar because of the deen that they are upon, because of the deen that they are upon, the battle that they are upon, and he shows them loyalty and love in this regard, then he becomes a disbeliever. But sometimes he can show loyalty and allegiance to them for a reason other than loving their deen and for a reason other than wanting them to become uppermost over the, the, the believers. And in that situation, he does not become a, a, a kafir. Next question is regarding, uh, the question says that may Allah reward you. A questioner says that Shaykh al-Islam, that Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah, the author, he said in Thalathatul Usul. He said in Thalathatul Usul, he said in there that it's obligatory upon every Muslim man and woman to learn these three affairs. And then, so, so the question is asking that these three affairs that Shaykh Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab mentions in Thalathatul uh, Usul at the beginning, he says that, are these three affairs here, are they at the level of, uh, uh, are they at the level where they are obligatory to learn in the affairs of Aqidah? Are they at the level where they are actually obligatory, are they at the, wajib, at the level of wajib in the affairs of Aqidah? The Sheikh answers very briefly and quickly and says that these affairs are from the most important of the affairs of, of Aqidah. And these affairs which he's referring to is the fact that there's a Lord and a Creator. Uh, and that's the first point that he mentions. And the second point was that Allah didn't create the creation without purpose. Rather, he sent messengers and he sent prophets. That was the second point. And the third point was that uh, Allah is not pleased that partner should be should be set up with him. I think these are the three three point, These are the three points at the beginning of Thalathatul Usul. You know, these are the, these are the three things that he mentions before discussing the three principles, which is which is the content of the book. So the three principles is knowing the Lord, knowing the knowing the 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 the, 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 the Deen, and knowing the Prophet. 
But before mentioning this, Shaykh Al-Islam Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab mentions that there are three other things that it's important for us to know. And these are the three points. To, to, that, that there is a creator uh, who created you know, the, 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 you know, the whole of creation and that he didn't leave us without creation. He sent prophets and messengers and then that, that he hates and dislikes that, the, that you know, the partnership we set up with him. Next question is... Uh, Okay, next question. The next question is that curing oneself with a ruqya and other than that, is it from the type of curing in which which contains a deficiency in a person's iman? Right. So when a person tries to cure themselves and they use, you know, they they, they, they go out and seek a ruqya, a ruqya, then is this considered to be a deficiency in a person's iman? The answer he says, the sheikh says that curing with uh, like in, in in this manner, uh, is 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 is, or with 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 those types of cues which are permissible, then this is just from one of the ways and the means which are permissible to use and to employ. While a person at the same time he places his dependence and reliance upon Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So in other words, he doesn't abandon these ways and means. And. At the same time, he adopts this reliance upon Allah. So, so basically, what the Shaykh is saying that he doesn't abandon the ways and means, and then just say that he's just relying upon Allah. And at the same time, he doesn't just say, "I'm just relying upon Allah," and then he abandons, you know, the ways and means, or the other way around. You know, he does he doesn't abandon the ways and means, and then just say he's just relying upon Allah. So, rather, he must combine between the two things. He must combine between the two things. So first of all, he must use the ways and means which are permissible, which are lawful, that Allah has, uh, you know, Allah, 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 Allah has allowed. And at the same time, he places his, his reliance and tawakkul upon Allah. So in other words, the Shaykh is saying that he combines between these two things. And this is the way of the people of Iman, the people of faith, in that they combine between acting upon the ways and means which bring about the benefit, alongside placing reliance upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And curing is a suburb, is like a ways and means which is permissible. The next question is, can you explain how a person, or how can, how can a person combine between, or how can, how can a person combine between loving his children you know, between a person or between a father loving his children and him loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah the Most High. How can, how, how can this combining between a father loving his children and a father loving Allah, how can we combine between these two, thing, two, two things? And the answer is, the Sheikh says, the answer is yes, when these two things contradict or conflict with each other, when loving the children conflicts with loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with loving, loving Allah, then, you know, and then a person, he puts the love of his children ahead of the love of Allah, then this is something 
which contains a, th- a you know a, a, a threat, a threat of punishment. So, for example, when a person you know abandons the salatul jama'ah just for the purpose of obeying his offspring, his children, or for the sake of anyone else from the creation, then he has basically put their love ahead. You know, he's put their love ahead of Allah's love. Or, for example, when he puts when he abandons the, the jihad in the path of Allah, when it is specifically obligatory upon him, like this is in a situation where this jihad is obligatory specifically upon him, or he abandons hijrah, you know, for the reason that he, he loves his, his land which he's in, you know, and he, he likes it and whatever, or because of a son, or because of the, the place that he lives or whatever, so he abandons it, then all of this is considered to be Putting the love of these things ahead of the love of Allah, uh, the love of Allah. So, meaning all of this is, you know, in, in, incorrect. And this is the last question, and inshallah, we'll, we'll stop the lesson there. And this is also the end of this uh, treatise on the benefits of Surah Al-Fatiha. And inshallah, in the next lesson, we'll go through another uh, treatise. We'll go through another treatise, inshallah from the treaties contained in in this book. Now I'll give you